be taking our text from the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. I'm going to read the first verse, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 33. I'll explain why in a minute, but let's do that. Mark 4, chapter, excuse me, Mark 4, verse 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. Verse 33, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. We find ourselves on the Sea of Galilee. I was just there. I had an opportunity to be in Israel this summer. It was hot, but I'll never forget it. And we had an opportunity to be on the Sea of Galilee in a ship, and I had the opportunity to do the devotion. I've expounded on that a little bit tonight. We're going to take a look at that. Everything between the first verse of chapter 4 and verse 33 is parables. You can read those anytime you like. They're good. Uh, But what I want to do is, uh, let's talk about the wind for a minute. Uh, We hear about the wind, and in in the Bible, it's, it's mentioned in Scripture 123 times. In the Old Testament, there's a Hebrew word, ruach, uh, that's found in the Old Testament 378 times, and it means wind and spirit. Many Hebrew words have more than one meaning. And uh, alone in the Old Testament, that word ruach is used 378 times. When we hear about the wind... Uh, We hear about the wind being contrary. We hear about the wind driving us. Uh, The wind creates uh, something that we feel. Jesus was telling Nicodemus about that. If you look in John chapter 3, and start at verse 5. Let me go there real quick. Nicodemus wanted to know about several things, but he came to Jesus. And we're going to start at verse 5. Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not, canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone 
that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? We, uh, we find here that Nicodemus, who was a ruler, couldn't understand, even though he knew the Old Testament, the Torah. He knew all of it. And Jesus is speaking to him about Ruach, the wind and the Spirit. Don't you get it, Nicodemus? It's amazing how they had hardened themselves so much that the letter was more important than the, the spirit of the law. So as Jesus was explaining this, we, can, we hopefully can understand that the, the, the idea of the wind and the spirit of God, they, they are, they're the same. They, they act the same. The wind gives us a, a, an understanding. We see the trees move. We know that's the wind. We didn't see the wind coming. We just see it creating something, you know, causing something to happen. We've seen that across the street. We don't see the Holy Spirit coming, but we see it moving. We see it touching lives. We see him coming in uh, back and forth, moving across the altars. We see the effects. We see the effects in a person as they walk this Christian walk. Well, Jesus said he wanted to go to the other side. What did that mean? Jesus has been sharing with the Jews. That is his focus. That is who he came for. And now he wants to go to the other side. Well, the other side is the Gentiles. They're going to an opposite side of the Lake of Galilee where the Gentiles are. He's going out of his way to do this. Up to this point, he's either gone through Samaria to the Sea of Galilee, so he's kind of on his way there, met the Samaritan woman at the well. And, and then after that, in Capernaum, right at the Sea of Galilee, a centurion came and wanted his servant healed. Jesus didn't go out of his way there. The centurion came to him. Now he's making an effort to go to the other side. And a storm comes. And we like to, we've heard many sermons about the storm. And we've heard many sermons about what Jesus did. And it's amazing. It's amazing. So let's take a look at that. I'll start at verse 37 again in Mark. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. It's important to note that Jesus does prod them a little about their faith. 
We want to we want to be clear about that. This this is a, an important time for them to see who Jesus really is. This is an opportunity for them to have their faith emboldened, strengthened, and, and I'm sure it was. Uh, they they saw Jesus calm a storm. That's a, that, this is amazing stuff. Well, how would you have been on the if you were one of them on that boat? Or any of the other boats that were out there in the water. It would have been an amazing thing. And we, we, we are amazed by these things. This, for, honestly, for Jesus, this was a sidebar. He's not in the, he didn't go on the lake to just go through a storm. He wanted to get to the other side. There's someone over there that needs him. The wind was just, this is something that just getting in the way. So he took care of it. You ever had a storm in your life? Not only on the outside. We have storms of life happen all the time. On the inside. Something that that just boils and turns in there. A lot lot of us can say before we were saved, that that was us. A storm was raging inside of us. That was what was happening to this man on the other side. And Jesus was going to get there one way or another. So we get to chapter 5. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. We don't know if the unclean spirits inside this man drove him to Jesus or if he came running for help. We really don't know which one it is. I would tend to feel like he was running for help because I don't believe the demons would have been worshiping him. But we hear we hear them speak right after this. And when... And and he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? And I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. This wasn't the man talking anymore. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. So the minute this man came to Jesus and worshipped, Jesus rebuked the demons that were in him. Then they had something to say. So these asked, and and he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. I don't know if they're trying to scare Jesus or what. There's lots of us here, you know. I don't think he was uh, scared in the least. In fact, in the very next verse we hear, and he besought him, much that he would not send them away out of the country. They knew they were in trouble. They knew they were done. And now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. 
And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000. Legion. And were choked in the sea. Jesus had a purpose for getting to the other side. And nothing was going to stop him. Jesus has a purpose for you, and he has a purpose for me, and nothing's going to stop him. The only thing that can stop him is our own stubborn will. This man came and worshipped him. What do we do when we're, we're offered the opportunity to meet Jesus? Is it important for us enough? Or do we find other things that we need to do? Now, people saw what happened. They were shocked. The people who owned the swine were upset. And they went back into town to get more people out there to show them what happened. So we go to 14. And when they that fed the swine fled and told into the city and into the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. They didn't want them to see that. They wanted to see the empty pens. There's no swine. But that's not what they came, that's not what they saw. They were more impressed that they found the one that had been possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid, it says. So the carnal response was, what happened to the livestock? Instead of looking at what Jesus had done for this man, it's a carnal response. Well, once everyone saw what Jesus had done for the man, they got distracted. And not the, the people who owned the swine got their attention. Look what happened. And they realized there was a cost for this, for this man. There was a cost that was, that was paid. And maybe they wondered, well, there might be other people that are possessed around here. Maybe my livestock's next. So they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed. Sorry, 16. And when they saw, it was told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine, distraction, and they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. The cost was too much. No more of this here. You can go. Sometimes it costs something. Usually it's something that you'll never worry about later or miss. But it is something that will cost you something when you come to the Lord and you ask for Him to help you. It, it might be... Uh, as you're seeking the Lord, if you're, if you're saved here tonight and you're, you're seeking deeper experiences, it might cost you something. It might be something you think is really important. Give it to Him. 
Just give it to him. You won't, you won't worry about it once you give it to him. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that we don't understand in the carnal mind. But as we seek the Lord and ask, want His will to be done, uh, we realize that whatever it costs is worth it. You know that wind, that storm, did not deter Jesus from accomplishing His plan for that man. And it won't deter Him from accomplishing what we need tonight. And that word... Uh, the winds get used in the New Testament too. In fact, the word used to describe the wind that came in and rocked that boat pretty good is also used in Ephesians 4, 14. You know, there's winds of doctrine. And we want to be careful because those can distract us just like that the storm did. In Ephesians 4, 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. I really appreciated the sermon we heard this morning. This goes right along with that. We, we don't want to stumble. We want, we want to be in the light. And we, we want to be able to see where we're going and we want to understand and be able to discern the gospel, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and not let anything else cause us to be distracted. We also have winds of doubt. Those can come. James 1.6 James 1.6 says, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth, wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Doubts will come. False doctrine will come. Distractions will come. Think about Peter on the water. Go back to the Sea of Galilee for a minute. Big storm. It's Jesus. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus says, okay, come. And he did. But what did he do? He starts looking around. The wind got his attention. And he sank. He did the right thing. Lord, save me. That's the right thing to do. You find yourself in that position. Just call out to the Lord. He's listening. You know, the wind sometimes is a welcome thing. You ever been in a hot day and that breeze comes through, cools things down a little bit? You like that? I like, you know, I don't mind a breeze here and here and there. You know, there's a Acts 2. There's a special time in, in Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's the kind of wind we want. That doesn't distract us. That, that, that brings us right into the presence of God. 
We don't want to cause that wind to be... You want to discourage it. We don't want to cause it to not be here. That is, again, it's an act of the will. It's our will needs to be buried deep so that God's will can be done. The opportunity tonight is for us to do exactly that. We want to see the effects of God's Spirit. You know, sometimes we, 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 walk, we come here with concerns. We have, we have those storms that are brewing. He gives us peace in the midst of the storm. You know, those outward storms, sometimes we have to go through them. Uh, he doesn't necessarily yell. He doesn't say peace be still to the storm sometimes. He just says, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. I'm not going to let the waters overflow you. I will not let the fire kindle upon you. He promises that he's going to stick with us. Amen. When you're in that storm, we can come to the Lord and we can know he is right there by our side. If you have that storm raging on the inside, he can say peace to that. If you're not saved tonight, an opportunity has come for you to come to the Lord and to lay your will before Him, lay your life before Him, and just surrender all to Him softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. He doesn't scold you. He just loves you. And as you come before the Lord and you're seeking more of God, it's the same Spirit softly and tenderly just open your heart to him offer up anything you think he would want and be very 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 listen closely to him he will tell you what he wants and he will pour out a richest blessing let's expect the winds to to flow through here tonight that holy spirit to have an opportunity to bless in a mighty way the song is 491